Greetings and salutations, adventure addicts. You're watching the League of Ultimate Questing. No dungeon too deep, no quest too questionable. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. With me as always is League veteran, published author, and accomplished beer-drinking competitor, Stormclad Thundertongue. Hold the scry there, Kip. Quiet now. Storm, I can't be quiet. We have to introduce the... Hushabye, by, Killigan. Why does your fingers smell like... I got keen ears, Kip. Ears like some kind of adorable half-fox, half-owl woodland creature. And right now, I hear an alarm. Can't very well do a show. There's an alarm going off. <coughs> alarm? Storm? I, I don't hear anything. Well, that's because you ain't got battlefield ears, Kip. You got champagne party ears. Now that I don't love me a good bubble fest, but hey, you! Intern number 12. Uh, Randy, Mr. Stormclad. Make that intern number 13. Nancy, welcome to number 12. Oh, man. All right, Randy. I want you to go find the source of that alarm. Make sure we don't have some kind of gas leak or engine error. If I know anything about alarms, and I do, this bad boy's got a real mechanical malfunction kind of vibe with a deep, resonant, user error kind of mournfulness. Just tragic. Now hurry. Right away, Mr. Thundermouth. <sighs> Where do we find these interns? Well, alarm or not, we've got to check in on the Mortal Dawn as they investigate a mysterious crash-landed figure who literally fell right out of the sky. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. That was a weird cliffhanger. Kind of more of a sci-fi feeling than our usual high fantasy antics. Right you are, Storm. Will this fallen visitor prove to be friend or foe? And will the Mortal Dawn be ready to parlay with this alien entity, or is there more combat on their horizon? Let's tune in and find out. You stand in the vast open expanses of the Dornish Southlands. The towering Himmelhorns at your back, Whitefall and the frozen sea lies before you. But you find yourself staring, baffled, at the remains of some broken metallic object that seemed to tear into existence out of the sky and crash into the firmly packed earth. Its dazed passenger that emerged acknowledges you with a tentative wave. Before you is a humanoid figure, tall and slender, almost unnaturally so. Its skin, tight in some places, loose in others, is a kind of burnt yellow that blends into various similar shades, like a calico jungle cat. A dark erect strip of hair crowns their head, guiding your eyes past two wide, thin ears to large amber eyes, two shallow holes where a nose should be, and a tight slender mouth revealing just the tips of pointed teeth. Their attire is a glistening dark leather zigzag with metallic straps, bits of chain, an array of bronze-colored fixtures, the largest of which is a heavy-looking metal bracer, where all of the metal veinwork seems to lead. The distance between you is still wide, but this strange individual holds up both of their four-fingered hands with a strange gesture that seems to combine everything is okay with ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> What? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Um, who are you? Hello. Arvid steps forward a little bit to close the gap. There's still a notable distance between you, the figure, and the bizarre object that he stepped out of. Holding up his hands again, he starts 
ticking and whirring in this alien language. Gesturing for you to stay back and pointing towards the ship that he crashed in. Didn't it explode? There are sparks and plumes of smoke rising out of it. And he keeps turning around his shoulder to keep his eye on it. And he seems to be pleading with you to be careful. Chris, I thought you knew how to make an entrance. Uh, I... Mm. Does anybody here know how to cast, uh, what is it, they, they, they talk like everybody thing? Because they think this is uh, the perfect opportunity. No, but I could turn him into a monkey and then Arvid could understand him. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Are you sure? <laughs> Maybe we should try. Astakan or He starts slapping the bracelet on his wrist. Perez! Perez! Atakon. Atsi. Take a dagger out of my side. I point at it and I point at you. He nods. I kind of gesture the dagger at him as if implying, do you have one? Yeah. Um. He reaches to his back and kind of strapped to his hip. He pulls this flat, wide, short blade off. It looks like it's made almost like out of a thin white crystal. And it has vein work in it that almost looks like to us what would be like a microchip. And he holds it out to you in, in your custom, an almost threatening way. But he just seems to be kind of showing it off. And he holds up one finger. I show him my dagger. I drop it on the ground and I point at them. He nods and then he sheathes it on his back. <laughs> I shake my head and point to the ground. And as he's trying to like translate what you're gesturing to him, suddenly there is a plume of bright sparks that shoots out of the top of the thing and he winces and the device cracks into thousands of like bright ribbons of light and just kind of folds in on itself into a pile of weird loose crystals and debris. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And he starts, ah, that's good. And a light ignites on his bracer, and you see like a little ribbon of light pass through the vein work in his strange leather attire. And then he smiles to himself and says, Ah, Perez, I greet you. Put your weapon on the ground. Da? Oh, uh, he sets it down in front of him. Good. And after a moment, it reappears on his back without Ugh. him touching it. That's a cool trick. Uh, apologize for mess. Do not mourn vessel. And he kind of brushes some of the crystals away with his hands and holds up one larger shard that's almost kind of like horn or tooth shaped made of gem. And it has a, a pulsing light in it. And he says, uh, vessel memory can rebuild. And he tucks it into one of his pouches. Oh. So I cannot have a piece for a souvenir. Um, mess vanish soon. Good. I was worried the housekeeping would have a trouble with it. <laughs> Don't let Crystal Man touch ship. He might eat it. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I would not. And he kind of he kind of waves his hands. Ship? No, no. Vessel? Um. Uh. N not ship, vessel, um, one fly. Pilot? One pilot? Uh, one arrow uh, fired must retrieve. Important question, Chief. Is there more than one arrow to be shot? Alone. Mm. Very alone. I am world traveler. Perez knows W worlds this this word um world word perez knows words and worlds 
Is this intentional same? No. No. Um, where? Where? Please. I hold up my hand specifically. Before we share any important information about our world with you, I think it's important that you share it with us. Uh, world? Ah, uh, um, nomad. Uh, family job. Travel worlds. Job family live in ship. Big ship. Um, travel many worlds. Many names, uh, for family. And what do you do in these worlds? Explore new places, uh, make wealth, um, survive. And and how are you making this wealth? Um, sometimes transport people on family ship. Sometimes goods. Sometimes fight strong warriors. Uh, um, uh, Artyom, are you? Th- I don't think he's talking slave. Okay. Okay. Slave. Work for no money. M- money. Money. Mm. Um, I pull out coins. One of each. He looks at that, like, befuddled, confused, <laughs> and he holds out his hand. Uh, yeah, I give him one of each. <laughs> A soft metal. The, he's very pretty. Make ship. Look good. I, I jingle my, my my armor and, like, other stuff. And he leans in when you start moving your armor, and he, he, his, like, personal bubble immediately shrinks to almost zero as he leans mm. in incredibly close. And I just, seem totally unaffected by it. <laughs> and he just very calmly traces his finger over one of the runes and says, ah, smart, uh, big brain coward. Duh. <laughs> oh, was that an insult? Yes. Um, no cow. Uh, intelligence survival. Duh. Eladrin? Klaus. Drakar. Yes. <laughs> and gesturing to Chris and Arvid just kind of shrugs. Uh. Uh, Chris just shrugs back. Just gives him a nice pretty smile. Human. Pointing to Chris. Verbal. Yeah. Pointing to himself. Uh, where, please? Clarify. Um... New World Explore has name? Machinar. Perez. Machinar. Um, Perez knows wor- worlds. Words. Uh, Perez language. hears words. I hear Perez and speak. Pickens. Pickens. Perez. I love it. <laughs> Pickens. <laughs> Reginald. Is any of this making any more sense to you as an interplanar being than our backwater asses? <laughs> Not really, no. Okay. <laughs> Many questions. You and me both, but He hears the voice and he says, Ah, ergo. Ergo? Yes. Uh, ergo, Machinar? Close. Okay, okay, Perez, Machinar, ergo. <laughs> um, and he gets down on one knee. And he holds one hand out in front of him and the other one out behind him in a kind of strange gesture that looks submissive or uh, apologetic. And he says, please show me world. Arvid looks almost knowingly at the gesture and then looks back at the party like eyebrows up like, yeah, yeah. And um, (laughs) (laughs) just taps the center of his hand. It's like, 
We accept you. Ally. If show world. Um, Prove it. Okay. Perez. He takes the blade off of his back again, stepping back, realizing it seems to make you uncomfortable, and says, uh, Soul blade. Only truth. Uh, years. Many years. Perez harms none who share home with Pickens. Pickens harms none who share home with Pickens. And he slices his forearm. And you see the edge of the blade light up just like a little bit. And those little veins of like microchip wires kind of pass through his armor. And then he sheathes it and bandages up the wound a little bit with just a little thing out of one of his many pouches. That doesn't mean like anything. Uh, language <laughs> slow fast learner i don't know where you're from but here people like to say something but mean something else they like to make promises that they then break they like to stab people in the back with their fancy swords hmm. true in all worlds uh, well that's disappointing <laughs> it is a bit <laughs> i've been everywhere and let me tell you they're all dicks <laughs> I was really hoping that we were the only ones that sucked. Mm. Where Pickens has been through many more Pickens not been. <laughs> Wish to Mackinar. Good start. Duh. Well, I mean, trusting him doesn't really cost us anything, and there's four of us and one of him. Duh? I suppose yes. so. Uh, sure. And he hands you back the metal coins and says... <sighs> My, my currency. The, it represents what work we do. I do something, I get this, I then use this for something else. Gold is child metal. Gold is pretty metal, but it is largely symbolic. I've been doing a lot of study on economics. Hmm. <laughs> it's good for memories, makes ship lives, makes front of ship remember back of ship. Communication, but money, waste. Uh, I don't understand the damn what he's saying. I think he's implying that the that it has it has value as a, a, a tool metal, but beyond that, it's kind of a waste of good uh, resources to use as money. Oh, 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 okay. I agree. I prefer paper or uh, like uh, pounded sheepskins. I think this is better. Hmm. Or clay tablets. Where uh, here to home? Is this home for you? For me? Uh, no. We stay? Then I suppose I throw, I burn your bed. It might spare us the smell, huh? Oh. <laughs> uh, I guess I have a couple of homes. Duh. And Morty's been really confused by this guy the whole time. He hasn't seemed like scared or snarly. He's just like kind of behind Arvid, like looking like there's some weird smells he's not processing right now. It's uh. okay, Morty. This is all very confusing. Yes. <laughs> Arbital notices concern and go. Oh, um, one more companion. Morty, can you say hi? Come say hi. Morty doesn't say anything, but he sits down beside you. Uh, friend, no talk. Um, com- communication more through movement and smell. Pickens, animal, loves. <laughs> uh, how far to home? Far. Very. Uh, years? No. Oh. Well, I don't know. Hold on. I grab my uh, swan, the the weird night swan that we have. <laughs> I kind of look at the horizon. I kind of eyeball it. Uh, uh, could be a while. <laughs> uh, 
Not years. No. Where home? Uh, you probably have no conception of geography right now, so me explaining distance probably wouldn't do you a lot of good. Perez. Learning, Mackinar. Now. How many miles are we? How many kilometers are we? <laughs> For the listeners across the ocean. You're about three days on ship to get back home if you get right to Whitefall and start sailing. I explained to him the idea of ship travel and specifically how we'd get there. Ship? the Is good. Uh, days? <laughs> days far? Nothing. I count. One, two, three, five, six. I count up to six. I count up to 60. Mm-hmm. Minute. Yes. Second minute, 60 minutes to hour, 24 hours to day. Right. But day, it's nothing. <laughs> oh, I see. Huh. Uh, Drakar. Yes. Uh, 80. Uh, Keith Yankee, 78900. What? What is his secret? <laughs> Genetics. Oh. Uh, Soul Blade. Drakar, five. Gith Yankee, 90. Cost much, each cut, good minutes. Each kill, hours. Pickens only, expensive. Wait, wait. What? Do you steal time from those you kill? I give time to Blade for strength. Forged from life, hours, days. Using the sword makes you die faster? Many lives to spare. Don't give it to an Aarakocra. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Sheathes it on his back once more. Days. <laughs> Excitement for home. Uh, work hard. Repair ships. Very good. Sail strong. Hmm. Names for job. World so many. Uh, world uh, a Rift Runner. Uh, world Warp Rider. Uh, spell jammer. Uh, Pickens Aethernaut. What? World traveler. It's a very cool name for what sounds like a very cool job. Uh, plane, plane, plane. And he kind of draws some circles on the ground using some of the remnant like debris from a ship that's like slowly deteriorating, kind of turning into dust. And he points to the area between the circles. Aether. My eyes narrow, and I say, you've been to other planes. Many. Whole life. Born to plane walk. Can you tell me anything about the light that consumed Selvarax? Very sad to hear of Selvarax. Recent, new, death. Uh, But Drakar, and he kind of makes this like animal gesture with his hand, uh, survive is good. Yes, um, Let's wait until he has a better grasp of the language before we start hitting him with the hard questions. I don't huh? know. This might be entertaining, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut down tree, cause loud noise, all creatures hear. Selvarax dies, makes ripples. Do not know of death, but very sad and glad do not know is good. Cool. Well, we take ship. He seems very excited by the concept of a ship. Yes, um, celebrate the fanciest ship we can find. Best option we have. I'm not going to spend extra money on ship just for this. I follow and fight for friends. Uh, Pickens? Eh, gesturing to all of you. Artyom Konstantinovich Volkov. Artyom Konstantinovich 
Volkar is good. Artyom is okay. Artyom. Christ the Grand. Christ the Grand. Just Harutax. Just Harutax. Yeah, and we can we can stick with Arvid. That's easy enough. We can stick nope, with nope, Arvid. Nope, nope, nope. Arvid. <laughs> Arvid. Arvid. Just Chris. Artyom. <laughs> I look at Harutax with just the most scathing, scathing eyes. And then I let it go. <laughs> Harathax looks like they think about it for a minute and, and look. Harathax. Harathax. And then I point at Morty. Morty. As good. I, I put up a finger. Mortimer H. Doggo. <laughs> this is not his name. Don't confuse him. <laughs> you have many names, each. I thought it was Doggo Dia. And uh, he reaches in and pulls out what kind of looks like a, at first, like a shrimp, but it's long and has almost phalanges on it instead of insectoid type legs and it wiggles a little bit and he tosses it towards Morty and usually Morty snaps things right out of the air but he actually gives this one pause as it lands in front of him sniffs it looks up and then like gulps it into his mouth and crunch 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 he says animal good (laughs) we have many names because we are very famous famous? yeah in this world adventurers are scryed upon they can see us from afar Perez, scry heroes, hmm, is good. Warriors, uh, all worlds have swords for sale. The Pickens has sold sword. Pickens has soul sword. Nah. Yes. Does Pickens understand pun? Uh, word and world taste the same. Uh, sword and soul sell similar flavor. The is good. Pickens learns fast. <laughs> we take ship now. Good you understand pun. You'll deal with them a lot. And he uh, points to uh, Arvid's backpack and says, ship. Uh, I wish. Duh. <laughs> I, I then climb on top of Arvid. <laughs> Not that kind of ship. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Shame on you. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. So the Mortal Dawn for now have made a strange and tentative ally. Pickens follows you back to Whitefall. And there, there are many ships to take back to Lucinilli. It's very quick and affordable. Uh, You guys have plenty of gold in your pocket to franchise such an endeavor. And he once again gets very confused when he sees you exchanging gold coins. But the moment he lays eyes on the ship, he runs up to it and starts putting his hands on it and says, yes, ha ha, big sail. And he looks down into the sea and says, Oh, oh, and he reaches down and scoops some up and uh-uh. and then spits immediately. Is world poisoned? Salt. In sea? Precipitation causes salts to wash down from large mountains and these collect in the ocean. Why? Because Poison. of gravity. <laughs> salt in the ocean. Po- poison? But what do you put on your food then? Mackinac. Very strange. Uh, I'm going to start explaining Krebs cycles to him and, oh and, God. <laughs> and like how, how cellular biology functions. And he'll listen and he kind of starts to make sense of it. But when you met him, like he seemed very distracted and like he was translating thoughts while speaking to you. But the moment he's on the deck of the ship, he seems much more complete, much more into it. He talks less. He's very focused. He's watching every ship hand as they pull a rope, as they adjust the sails. He watches the captain at the wheel constantly. He seems to be absorbing it all and feeling incredibly revitalized. 
you notice he doesn't sleep much during the nights. Um, he just seems to run around and he speaks to anyone who will talk to him, asking about their time on the ship and where they're from and uh, offering to help with anything. Uh, there's a few times when he he wakes you up much earlier than you wish to awake and not realizing that your sleep cycles are much different than his own. Assuming he's doing you a favor in the labor of running the ship, but he realizes you're passengers and you guys aren't required to help that much outside of very menial tasks. And after a couple of very calm days on the sea, you return to Lucinelli. And when Pickens sets his eyes on the array of colorful sails and boats there at the port city, compared to Whitefall, it's a huge tapestry of different vessels. And his heart just soars. He actually begins singing a gentle song to himself in his home tongue, and a little tear wells up in his eye. Harifax will kind of gesture across the city and say, Home, Lucinelli. Lucinelli, Mackinar. Home <laughs> is good. Randy, Nancy, Casey, what's the status on that alarm? We're trying to do a show here, and that noise is ruining our feet. Uh, sir, we've checked all over the Megabooth transport, and we couldn't find any alarm going off. Damn, worse than I thought. Must be some kind of secret alarm. Something only top officials can know about. Or one of those whistles only dogs can hear. Keep looking! Storm, are you okay? I haven't seen you this on edge since that clam chowder buffet went out of business. Oh, great. You just had to remind me about the chowder hound. Like, my day wasn't going bad enough, Kip. Oh, oh, yep, great. Now it's getting louder. Storm, nobody else hears an alarm. Are you sure you aren't just stressed out? I am a very relaxed person, Kip. <sighs> if we don't find this alarm, then that means someone whipped up some nasty mojo and slapped a curse on me. A curse? To hear an alarm? Can you think of a worse curse than a 24-7 alarm noise? I've crushed a lot of covens and cultist collectives, Kip. I'm a prime target for black magic revenge. Well, maybe one of the League specialists can look into it for you. Ignoring the likely possibility that it's one of them that's wrestling my jimmies, they won't be available till Monday at the earliest. That means going all weekend with my usual upbeat soundtrack replaced with Weep! 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 Bonk! 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 Meep! Meep! I can't take it much longer, Kip. Easy, buddy. Easy. Take a few breaths. Clear your mind. Maybe you just need some distractions. Yeah. Yeah, distractions. Why don't we take a moment to gather our thoughts and enjoy some of the ads from this week's sponsors? That's your distraction? Capitalism? Storm, you usually love the commercials. <sighs> Fine, roll them. I'll see if I can wrestle up a scroll of restoration or some lamb's blood or something. Hello there, I'm Stabbin' Steve from Stabbin' Steve's Sword Arm Emporium. And it's time once again for... Swords Extravaganza. All swords must go. Load up on long swords. Stockpile sabers. And restock on rapiers. Blades for all ages. Great swords for grandpas. Daggers for dads. And bayonets for babies. We will meet or beat any other sword merchant for prices. That is to say, a trial by combat for your patronage. Don't be on the fence. Quench your thirst for bloodshed with the finest Leonin steel at Dornish prices. Beautiful broadswords, killer katanas, masterful machetes, gorgeous gladiuses, fantastic falchions, and super-duper shamshears. Don't stay at arm's reach. Come try out our new polearm selection. Find the weapon that's perfect for you and get a few backups. Come down to Stabbin' Steve's for... Sword Stravaganza. 
We're not sell swords, we just sell swords. Stabbing Steve's Sword Arm Emporium. We'll get you sorted out. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. How's it going, all you cuties? It's a hot one out there. It's way, way too hot here in Portland. And this chapter is freaking hot. It is flipping bonkers, and it's going to be a long one. This will be an eight-part chapter, and I could not be more excited. And you're going to love it. Since this is the last show of July, I want to thank all of our new patrons for this month, and we got a lot of them. You got Normal Norman, DM Dana, who was on our Little League episode, Colin Andrews, Janessa Kepler, Thomas Vicarian, Sandra Van Look, Andrew Birmingham, and Huddy Banu. I hope I got all your names right. If I didn't, please let me know. I also want to give a special thanks to our legendary teams, the Tavern Brawlers, the Moonlight Veil, the Ancestors Fury, the Cultured Cutthroats, and this week's featured team, the Iron Rhapsody, with Eshwin, Krista Perez, Christopher Mashburn, and John Reinhardt. I think I also missed Darth Mail when I mentioned Ancestors Fury a couple shows ago. If I did, I'm super sorry, and if I didn't, enjoy your extra credit. For those of you not following our Instagram, you've got to check out Christopher Mashburn's fan art of Artyom. It is so flippin' good. Oh my god. Thank you all so much. It's because of you that we were able to afford some recent upgrades to our studio that will dramatically improve quality of life and comfort. You might not hear the difference, but we'll be feeling the difference with all new mic stands and a shiny new headphone amp that doesn't cut out at the slightest jostling. For those of you who are desperate for more of me and Law, tomorrow is another installment of our Pokemon Nuzlocke playthrough of Fire Red at 7.30 PST. If you haven't seen any so far, it's never too late to hop in. Once we're done with Fire Red, we'll be moving on to Heart Gold and Soul Silver, so be sure to check it out. I do a solo stream Monday through Thursday at 6 p.m. PST, and you can usually catch Law late nights playing Minecraft on our official Slapdash server. You can get our Minecraft server info from our Discord. You can also find our streams at twitch.tv slash slapdash streams, and you can find all this stuff on the LUQ.com. Thank you again, and let's get you back to the action. My name is Thomas Turner, and this is Behind the Shield, your window to the world behind the scenes of the LUQ. Maintaining the endless paperwork of League Quests, calculating scores, upholding maintenance and transmitting scry information is the foundation of the LUQ, and wouldn't be possible without the help of Modron workers. But who are the Modrons, and what do they do for the League? The Modrons are living but mechanical beings from the plane of logic, ergo. They come in many shapes and sizes, often ranked by the number of sides on their frequently polyhedral bodies. The League currently employs five kinds. Monodrones used for basic field work, transporting, minor repairs, and simple labor are the most common kind found among the LUQ ranks. They are known as laborers and take their orders from the next step up. Dual drones are used for more complex tasks like management, communication maintenance, and high-end structural repair. They are designated as handlers. The tri-drones, much larger than their smaller cousins, are capable of processing and transmitting far more information per second than any native of our world could ever hope to do. Therefore, they are used for record-keeping, archiving, and filing. Their local title is Recorders. Quadrones, familiar to many LUQ fans, have the advantage of mobility, stealth capabilities, and awareness. They make the perfect workers to follow teams and record them undetected. 
Their title is Monitors. And last but not least is the largest and most powerful of the Modrons employed by Nexus. Able to teleport great distances flawlessly, exude a kind of dominant will over lesser Modrons, and enforce highly sophisticated battle tactics, the Pentadrone Enforcers are a force to be reckoned with. Upon arriving to our plane, the Modrons felt the need to be accepted in a more logical way, giving themselves titles they felt were more in line with what they experienced from the humans they were working with. As each is now classified internally as Watsons, Quincy's, Manfred's, Reginald's, and Godfrey's, respectively. Join us next time for more LUQ Insight on Behind the Shield. Thomas Turner, signing out. Okay, so imagine the softest thing you've ever felt. Mm -hmm. She was softer. Softer. I promise. No. She smelled, she smelled like juniper and honey. <gasps> so no. lovely. Is this what you used to do back in the day? Uh, yes, all the time. Uh, but usually they just wanted to talk with these weird <laughs> kink things. She didn't just want to talk. Oh, <laughs> you devil, you. Oh, well, now you can try men. Or, or others. <laughs> <laughs> Don't limit yourself. Hmm. And with that, the mortal dawn returns up the streets of the Rot Ward to the familiar site of the Lounge of Ultimate Questing. And as you enter, you see a group of five patrons at various tables listening to the music of your local bards, Isaac Davies and Christian Wiseman. And Maven is sitting at the bar, sipping some red wine, once again, dealing with some paperwork in tubes and in front of him. He seems to psychically know that you walk in and turns around and says, mortal dawn, uh, Arvid. Harithax will... I sort of extend a hand towards Maven and I say, this is our Perez. And you look to see where Pickens is and he's not there. Um, out in the street, you can see him talking to a horse that's very unresponsive. And he turns around embarrassed and looks and shuffles over to the door and says, hey, home is big. It's good. Yes. I'm glad he found a normal horse to talk to. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to imagine what ours has to say. <laughs> This is not a universal rule, but in Machinar, if it has four legs, it usually does not talk. Uh, family job? Mm, they feel like a family to me. Oh, good. <laughs> Maven, this is Pickens. He came in the ship that disintegrated. A, a vessel. That's good. That disintegrated. He's from astral space. I think it was Aether... Something, something? Somebody shot him like a bullet through the walls of our universe. So here he is. <laughs> Maven analyzes this figure and says, We've had quite a time. Uh, Yankee. The? What? Bless you. He huh? said that word earlier. Yes. M. Githyanki is, is good, strong warriors, Aethernauts. He says, I haven't seen a Githyanki in Mackinac in a very long time. Wait, there's. Uh, what? Can you explain this, please? Um, he's not one of a kind. He's a, there's an entire species of. <laughs> I think I... we can safely say that Pickens is one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> but you've run into them before. I've been aware of them. I haven't been personal friends or anything. I mean, think about it this way, Chris. Think of how many humans there are. Uh huh. Think of how many shipwrights there are. People who mm -hmm. sail. Mm -hmm. oh. Do you think only one person is going to end up in the Free Isles? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if hundreds of them have been here before. I just assume that planes were so big and vast that more than one coming here? I would have assumed if they'd been here, he would have known what it was. Mm. Yes, Perez learns from family of past. Which is why they know the language. 
Family has been to Mackinac long ago. So long, in fact, that the language is not entirely clear and you're having a difficulty uh, manifesting it. Uh, you say Mackinac, uh, Perez say Zorna. Oh. Zorna. What? Um, he grabs a plate out from one of the patrons' noses <laughs> um, and sets it on an empty table. And uh, there's like some various chunks of meat and potatoes on it. And he points to the steak and says, uh, Mackinac. Uh, and then he points to the plate and says, Zarna. The world versus the oh. country or the continent. Big land in Mackinac. Hmm. Very large world. And Maven says, so is this a guest, an employee, a potential hire, a new member? I tried to pay him, but he doesn't seem receptive. Shall I make any additional accommodations? Uh, Let's hold off on that, maybe? Understood. He wants a tour guide. Well, before that... Are you going to offer to show him the world? <laughs> uh, many worlds sell sword, like Pickens. Many worlds have bar. Pickens knows bar. Hmm. Love bar, love animal. Sure, but you don't know my bar. No. <laughs> so uh, Chris then turns around. He points to the band. And on three, one, two, three. And um, they kind of look at each other confused for a second. Thank you know the number. We do this almost every night. Come on. Again. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. Oh, gets the fine, tips. fine, fine, fine. We can do your new one. <laughs> and uh, Isaac winks at you happily. And okay. they change their instruments out completely to a violin and some kind of box guitar. All right. On three. One, two, three. And they start on two. <laughs> <laughs> so um what i'm imagining is um he's he's new to the world and chris has always felt like music is that universal uniter mm -hmm. he was very captivated by his uh, humming as they got off the boat to lucinelli and he just wants to show him this side of the world and connect with him that way in mm. hopes that you know it brings something more out of him totally Ah, is uh, the wooden poetry. Nah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, drink? Y yes. Pickens very thirsty. All right. This is not how thirst is. Never mind. <laughs> I'm going to go check on the shroom bar and see how, how much they've overgrown. All right. So Pickens immediately makes his way to the bar. There's a universal language that he's very familiar with. And uh, he doesn't have any coins on him and says, uh, soft metal for a drink. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. It's our bar. You'll be taken care of. It's good. And he gives a, you then, a wrap around the shoulder hug. So Chris knows that RTM's probably giving him like a glare. It's like, I will pay his tab. Just, just give him a sure fine bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Pickens lives for flights. Eh? It's yeah. a good joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, many drinks, please. To try. Difference. Yes, yes. Ovid, uh, are you joining us? Yeah, I'm ready for a drink. I get behind the bar and I start using the very limited uh, bartending skills that I've learned. And I call to Jean-Pierre to help me out with something to pair it with, like some mm. cheese and stuff like that. All right, fine. I'll have one nictitating membrane and then I'm checking on the shumara. <laughs> Jean-Pierre starts muddling blackberries. <laughs> um, and he does help. He, uh, one charcuterie coming up. We've got lots of mushrooms. <laughs> well, I don't know... 
if you're Perez knows, but we usually cheers before our first drink. Yes, uh, for gods. Sometimes, yes, but... Pickens no gods. Uh, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Wait, um, you you know gods? Uh, Mackinar smell like gods. Uh, Artyom, much god. I open my hand in a flash of light. Yes, many gods. Some world one, some world no. But... What? Can tell... Raise drink to gods. Chris's mind just gets so wrinkled and just wants to know everything about this. Careful with this. Depending on what god you drink to, you could be upsetting other people. Smart. Yes. Machinar god. Better to drink to health. Uh, health? You have to cheers to Arvid, too. Cheers to you, Arvid. Thank you for coming home with us. Duh, thanks. And uh, Pickens gestures to Morty and says, to Arvid. As soon as the cheers goes, I sigh and I have to pour a drink and take it and set it down. And Right. And uh, Maven does catch up with Arvid to make sure that you're doing okay and seeing how your time away went. See how you're recovering. You've lost quite a bit of weight. Uh, yes. They they had me go through a purifying ritual before I um, before I rose to the challenge. He kind of pats his stomach and says, you might have to tell me about this purifying ritual. All of this bar time seems to be widening my waistband a little bit. <laughs> As though you could not simply make this go away. Well, I don't like to hide who I am. So it's kind of... <laughs> I love it. And uh, Arathax will leave the group to go back to see the Shumbrara. So you enter the greenhouse, and it's basically as you left it. You can see a little bit of movement under the soil as the Shumbara mill about. They seem to have calmed down their reproductive cycles a little bit. Um, they're still eating a lot and producing a lot of byproduct, but they're not multiplying. The only thing that seems off is there's this random chair in the back that you don't remember ever being in here, and it's it's kind of a strange foreign design. Uh, um, Lord Enoki, where are you? Yes. He's not rooted, right? No. Okay. I pick him up on my claw. Uh-huh. Uh, whose chair is this? Uh, it was just there. It just showed up? Uh-huh. I, like, tap it with my tail. And uh, you hear this very soft voice say, Hey, aren't you tired? You... You look tired. Maybe you should have a seat for just a moment. And then a cushion appears on the chair and says, Oh, that's a comfy looking chair. I don't know about you, but that's that looks like a real good one to me. I bet that's very comfortable. Inoki, how many spores are you releasing into the greenhouse right now? Well, just the normal amount. Nothing dangerous for you, Herothex. Okay. You see the chair too then, right? Oh, yes. Can you hear the chair too? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And uh, the voice shifts and the chair begins to transform and says oh i know what time it is you don't got to be shy and it transforms into a toilet and says it's one of those times it's okay everybody needs to do that just have a seat it's all right uh, uh, uh <laughs> Ma- maven <laughs> And you hear Harathax's concerned voice. Maybe Chris, Steven? <laughs> uh, as soon as he says, Artyom, I was at the door. Right, and yeah. I'm, I'm just standing there. I look at him. I see it, though. <laughs> uh, uh, one at a time, please. Just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, Ar- Artyom, I'm, I'm being pillow talked by a chair. It even grew a pillow at one point. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. What have you been growing? I don't know. I'm confused and dismayed. <laughs> Chris, help. I need an adult. And I got me. I got room for everybody, and it shifts into a love seat. <laughs> Come on. It's time to cuddle up. Maven, is this a 
like experimental furniture for the lounge. I don't know how I feel about it. And Maven looks at the chair and then grabs some paperwork and says, I never financed this kind of chair, let alone a talking one. Chair, who are you? Oh, my name's Chester. You're not going to sit on me, are you? You're just like all the others. Are you and are you awakened the furniture? Well, I was I was on a wagon for a long time, and then there was a little accident outside, and you guys were the closest place, so I just turned into a little chair and slipped my way in, but no one wants to sit on me. Our furniture tends not to talk. <sighs> and the ones that do tend not just to want to sit. Well, I've been holding my mouth shut for days now, and no one came sat on me. I figured it was time to say something. What are you? Well, I, I, is there a name for it? Um... I'm from I'm from Andesign. That doesn't help. I I was in a box and then there was a crash and I fell out and the men who were real mean to me made me turn into all kinds of weird things. Uh, were fighting with each other, so I just kind of slipped away. Pickens, eh? He has like a drink in each hand as he comes in. Can you tell me what this is? Uh, Perez, a uh, chair. <laughs> Can you tell me what else this is? Um. No, I'm sorry. So this is not an extra plane that rented you. Chester? Yeah, how you doing? Feeling tired? What do you usually look like if you're not trying to be something? I guess the form I was born in looks more like this, and it starts to shift and transform into a very small, like, cigar box-sized chest. And as it talks, the lid, like, very softly opens, <laughs> and you see a little flash of teeth. It says, I mean, they used to say I was a mimic is the word they would call it, but... <laughs> They kept trying to get me to eat things, and I didn't want to do that. I just saw all the furniture, and I was like, dang, that looks good. I just want to be comfortable for people. I ain't going to hurt no one if you just want to put me in a corner or something. I mean, I suppose you could just put me back out on the street like all the others. What? Who? Uh, I'm lost. Chris just comes down with a slight bust. What's all this yelling about? What is that? It's a talking love seat. Well, right now it's a talking cigar box. A minute ago it was a talking love seat, and before that it was a toilet, and before that it was a chair with a cushion, and before that it was a chair without a cushion. And its name is Chester, and it's trying to pillow talk me, and I need your help, because your experience with this kind of thing. Uh, you, what? It's a mimic. <laughs> it's no big deal. It doesn't seem to want to hurt anybody. Could you explain maybe what a mimic is, does? I What? Why is a cigar box... Talking. Can you not pick it up from context clues? Is it going to kill us? It says not. Anything that says it won't kill you probably will. Yeah, my brothers and sisters are much bigger than me, and they eat meat and stuff like that, but that doesn't seem like the life that I want to live. I'm not even hungry. What What do you eat? How do you feel about mushrooms? We have an abundance of them. Oh, they're cute. I like it when they walk around and talk to each other. They're too small to sit on a chair, though. Now, is the sitting important? It's like a hug with your butt, and I like that. Will, uh, let's uh, give this bad boy a shot. Uh, <laughs> What's your flavor? Uh, just a good old-fashioned stool will do fine. And he transmorgifies into a very solid bar stool with four legs, no pivot. Get ready to kill it if something goes wrong, and then just take a seat. <laughs> All right. For a moment, you feel like something like sticks. But then it, like, releases. It says, oh, sorry, that's a hard habit to get out of. Natural reflex. No one sat on me in a real long time. I'm just very excited right now. Thank you so much. Is that butter in your pocket? (laughs) (laughs) Guy steals one sachet of butter, and suddenly he's the butter pocket guy. No, I like it. It's good. (laughs) 
Well, we are very comfortable, I guess. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Oh, my turn. Can you be beds? Oh, I can be a bed. You bet your king size, queen size, I'll be a bed. I got blankets and pillars. Uh, I want tall, soft, royal chair. Okay. How about like a like a padded or ladder back? What you looking for? Oh, dealer's choice. Like this velvety, tall, almost like Pee Wee's Playhouse esque oh. giant padded chair. Oh. That felt weird. Oh, and a blanket and a blanket. <laughs> and our Tim's still sitting in it. It just kind of shifts around him. Oh, and a blanket too, please. Uh, <laughs> a little blanket pops off the side. I'm ready for you. Know, you want? Come out of the seat. Oh, oh, Artie, move it's, over. It's microfiber. <laughs> I get up and just gesture to the chair. Chris uh, just like stumbles over, really excited. <laughs> All right, can can the can the soft talking chair and everyone else please exit my greenhouse so that I can check on my plants? It starts walking out the door with Chris sitting in it. <laughs> well, y'all are just so nice to me. I turn and look at Artem. It's been a weird couple of days, Artem. The uh, speaking of this, I was wondering if you could help me. Uh. Yeah, sorry. Let me get over the fact that the the, the astral sea traveling Gith Yankee that I met is not the weirdest thing that's happened to me in the last forty eight hours. <laughs> um, yes, you needed help. I uh, I look obviously kind of furtive, and then I reach into a pouch and I pull out a small bundle of uh, what looks almost like a tobacco. But mm-hmm. after he puts it in your hand, you realize it's almost like a lichen. Mm. I sniff it. <laughs> Smells like cured smokables uh what do you need help with more of this duh there's uh, no access to it here anymore i think uh inoki yes i'm still he's like on your shoulder uh <laughs> what can you tell me about uh, about this stuff oh kind of grabs a little bit and just kind of holds it next to him hmm that's from very far away it's so cute <laughs> uh is there somewhere you think it would cultivate well could you create the space for it? If you make sure that none of the light gets in here, we could probably do something very close to this. Well, it's a greenhouse, so it's supposed to have light. But yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I suppose I could create like a dark box somewhere. Ooh, ooh, a dark box sounds wonderful. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. It can't be that hard. This should grow very quickly. And you can make sure it doesn't spread anywhere it's not supposed to. Oh, yes, we might need a little bit of your guiding hand to help us grow it, but I think we can handle the uh, brass tacks of it. I can manage that. It hasn't been too cured or anything? Well, I don't think we can cook it or anything, but we can grow it how it was before you put it into the flames. This is good. I I assume they're, I don't know, cousins or something. Lichen, (laughs) fungus, mushrooms. It's very respectful for you to cremate the dead like this. This is, let's say that's why. I did not... Know that you smoked, Artyom. Uh, it's been a while. You know, doctors shouldn't smoke. It's very counterproductive. I know. That's actually why I started. Unless you have lungs like mine. There's so much acid in my body, it kills off all the toxins. I cough. <laughs> <laughs> Something <Do> you... melts. <laughs> uh, thank you for your help. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything else you want to grow in my greenhouse, so long as it's not dangerous to myself or the mushrooms... I don't really mind their space. Good. Thank you. Was that all you wanted to check on was the uh, the Shumbara? Yeah, I, I probably won't do any communing at the moment. 
Cool. Um, you hear kind of a raucous noise coming from the tavern as Artyom begins to return and Harothax follows shortly after putting Lord Anoki down. And uh, Pickens has grabbed one of the tables from the side wall and dragged it into the middle. And he's like pulling Maven to like sit him down. He says, everyone, please have sit down with Pickens. It's good. And Maven's paperwork's like getting all shuffled and dismanaged and he's like freaking out about it. He's like, slowly, careful. <sighs> My goodness. Is he just trying to grab us or is he trying to grab everyone in the bar to have a sit down with Pickens? <laughs> uh, the four of you and Morty as well. He has a chair for Morty. Okay. Mm. Realizing very shortly that, of course, Morty's not going to be good in a chair. Uh, <laughs> Jester, can you turn into a dog bed? Oh, certainly. Uh, Pickens must talk to Artyom Christharothax out of it. Morty. Um, many... Lessons learned on ship, talking, uh, showing world, is good. Uh, Pickens would like to stay for a bit, uh, maybe one, two day. But when it is done, Pickens wishes um, to buy sword from Artyom Christ Harthax Arvid. Uh, you say you do adventure for quest money. Learn all about this Elucule while we travel, and Pickens will pay for your help. Uh, Pickens wants to get back to Job Family and need more warrior for protect. Travel very dangerous sometimes. Why did you come here if you intend to leave so quickly? It accident, sort of. Um, danger for family had to flee quickly. No time to aim. Only flung. Pickens loves traveling worlds. Wants to show friends many worlds. Uh, and he grabs one of the pieces of paper and a pen out from under Maven. And Maven like freaks out and tries to grab it. No, no, it's good. It's good. Um, he sets it down and it has stuff on it and he flips it over. And he takes the pen and says, um, Pickens has traveled to many sentences. Um, and he holds up the pen and he like looks at it very carefully and he tilts it and one little drop of ink lands on the page. And he says, uh, Zana, but uh, library is out there. Mm-hmm. Pickens wishes to visit many books, but this is all you've been to. No New pages, no new words, just Zana dot. So small. Pickens visits as many books as Pickens can with job family before death. His goal, drive. Um, job family use gold to ship learn. Um, Pickens can offer you to follow to Ebel. Ebel is the center of all. All worlds link through Abel. Infinite city. My family from the past leave doors to Abel on many worlds. Zon one. We go to door. I take you to Abel. We get my skiff and find a job family to help fight strong swords. Pickens pulls the blade off his back triumphantly. And mortal dawn helps for gold 1,020 times. 
And Maven <laughs> spits out some of his wine for just a moment. And he says, Pickens, is your grasp of our numeric system strong? He says, yes. He holds up a few fingers, counting off one, two, three, nodding to Artyom for approval. <laughs> 21,000 coin. Easy. Nothing. As he's been talking about this, specifically when he starts talking about the library, mm -hmm. um, Artyom seems to be having a pretty strong emotional reaction, but staying largely silent. And as soon as they stop this little bit and there's this lull, he says, I want to help you. Yes, it's good. Artyom. But, but Artyom, are you not concerned to be so far away from your god? I want to help him. Uh, Pickens. Yes. You've been to many worlds. Compared to Mortal Dawn, many worlds. We have never been off of this world, but my people come from Selvarex. Yes. A calamity occurred on Selvarex. Very sad. We don't know much about it, but there's a child. I look at Artyom. A, a child that, that touched the creature that said it knew something about that. And I, I take the pen, and around the dot that he made for, for Zarna, mm -hmm. I draw as though that was the the iris, I draw an eye around it that looks like the eyes that Zancam was drawing. And I said, a, a creature of many eyes tried to enter this world. Hmm. Do you know anything about that entity, the stranger in Saffron Rags? Uh, Perez, stranger in Saffron Rags. Um. And he takes the paper you were drawing on and flips it over, realizing there's still stuff, and then grabs another one just right out of Naven's notebook. He's like, I bet, oh, my finances <laughs> report. <laughs> and he begins to draw. He draws circles and cones and begins coloring in space with dark. And he draws something that looks kind of like that. And he says, ah, Zarna, uh, Abel, many worlds connect. Silverex, yeah. Zarna, yeah, and uh, I, 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 he's pointing to the dark spaces around it, um, never outside Zarna, eyes part of world, old family see eyes in Zarna, but never traveled away, threat to this world, maybe, but not Others. Trapped. Prison. So the eye has nothing to do with Silverax? I do not know what took Silverax, but I, Zarna only. Definitely. But someone unable might know. Maybe. Many smart people in center of all. Then I too will go to Able. Good. He's good. Uh, Arvid, are, are you not worried about... Leaving a world? Arvid was paying full attention to Morty and getting like the really good scritches through most of this. And then looks back and says, I go where the mortal dawn goes. The, the things you are speaking of together here at this table, I, I don't really understand. And it sounds like as long as it's okay with the League and there's no boundaries to that and there's a way for us to get back, um, I see no problem Plus, I imagine that since your mama gave you a spiritual high-five, you're pretty much good with whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I live to bring goodness to this world. I'll, uh, and I guess the other ones, eh? 
Okay. Um, uh, I guess I'm just a little afraid. Um, I found myself losing myself in Andario. I don't. I don't know what will happen to me on another world. Fear. Good. No lies. Dangerous. Uh, family job. Uh, home is f- frigate. Colony frig. Uh, the staunch Argosy. World that travels. Attacked by army. Exio. Strong. Many weapons. But family enslaved, perhaps, you say. Work no pay. By Axio. Revenge. Wish to liberate. Help free staunch Argosy from bad army. Who takes all. Takes many things. Christ. Hmm. You are losing yourself to your passenger, were you not? I think so. I, uh reach over and I unbutton like the top button of Chris's shirt and I kind of clink my claw against the crystal in his chest. It's larger than the last time you saw it. It's still growing. Perhaps unable. We might find answers about what this is. And it's a good cause, so... Uh, to travel worlds is to feel balanced, to find uh, positive negative and his hands imitate kind of a scale teetering uh, many gods in Zarna uh, eyes in Aether and he kind of holds his hands up balancing themselves out uh, and music of other worlds not for just ears they're for the soul yes the soul heart ear electric poetry okay uh, I'm in it's good. And Maven says, I suppose 20,000 gold? <laughs> That's legendary tier pay. Uh, Maven, what what are the rules about adventuring off-world with the League? Can Reginald transmit? Is, is he, there such a thing? He pulls out what looks like some flyers that have been sent to him recently and says, the League is very pro-extraplanar travel right now. They also just lost somebody who is specifically related to this. Did you not hear about the, uh, what is it, the Little League incident? No, I didn't. What no? happened? One of the leading researchers of Leone dealing with the League's extraplanar activities was fired for taking resources from the company and using them for an unfounded project. Oh, he put uh, some kids at risk. Oh, dear. Oh, no. You've been very busy. It's understandable that you did not come across this news. I try to keep up on League things. The commissioner is actively seeking jobs from other worlds. We want to increase our relations with other planes. And to my knowledge, Reginald should have no issue traversing the planes and transmitting any more than any of you would. Well. Uh, before we completely accept the quest, um, Artyom, are, are you okay? I'm sensing something. Yes. Not important. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, Captain. I, but I, I will worry about you uh, as a friend. You're allowed to. Uh, to travel. Um, he holds up a piece of paper plain over the table, and then he hands another one to Christ and another one to Harithax and kind of gestures for you to hold it over this one. And he grabs the pen and says, uh, a line and find path. And he punctures it through the bottom one and then tries to pull it up through the next one and says, must find path for Clean shot. Uh, Pickens, no aim to crash in Zana. 
But we go to Abel, and I have skiff, ship of my own, travels well. We recover, and together we will travel the plains, me and the mortal Don. And he holds his hand out into the table in a gesture, looking for like kind of like a all for one. I grab it. As do I. Arvid's hand in. Uh, Harithax does the same. And with that, the mortal Don makes a pact with a traveler from another world to see sights that they've never imagined before in other dimensions. So, with a new friend made and a new outlook on reality, the Mortal Dawn have signed on to one last quest before the season's end. What kind of wild adventures await the team in the worlds beyond our own? Will this Githyanki stranger prove to be all he says he is? Then what do you think, Storm? I don't know. Storm, are you ready to come out from under the desk? I don't know. You still hearing that noise? Yes, Kip. Is it quieter down there? No. I'm coming up. Welcome back, pal. Have anything to say about the MD's promise to sail off to distant dimensions? Planar travel rules, Kip. I haven't gotten to do nearly as much as I'd like to. Call it a retirement plan. Not that I plan on making it to retirement, since I'm about to plunge a dagger into my ear to get this noise to stop. Storm, Storm, calm down. This is why you're not allowed to commentate with daggers anymore. I can't help it, Kip. I'm losing my ball bearings here. I'd pull my hair out of the roots if it weren't so damn thick and healthy. Look at this. Look at this. It's like corded steel. Storm, your hand is covered in blood. Oh, oh my God. It's blood. I'm bleeding. <laughs> Why are you happy? Don't you see, Kip? It's the best news I've gotten all day. I'm not cursed. I'm not losing my mind. I just have a massive head wound. <laughs> Woohoo! Come here, pal. <coughs> That's great, pal. Can you turn this... Hug from a ten down to like a, a two or three. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Sorry, bud. I just never been so glad to have a crack in my skull. Must have been when I fell through the roof this morning. <sighs> Why were you on the roof? Can't believe me. If I thought for a second you'd understand my passion for night frisbee, I'd tell you all about it. But best to just assume I was doing some cool stuff. This is great. I feel like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> well, that's great, pal. I feel so light and carefree, I could just uh, float away. Uh, uh, Randy, uh, I'm detecting a code 48. Damn, sleep with time. Uh, Mr. Thundertongue lost too much blood during the broadcast and needs a cleric? Randy, we wouldn't call it a code 38 if we had time to say the whole thing, Randy. Hurry! And while we get Storm back up to snuff, we'll say on you for now. Join us next time as we check in on more teams putting their lives on the line for your own entertainment. Right here on the greatest show in the five kingdoms, the League of Ultimate Questing. That was fucking awesome. Wow. I, that had a lot of turns in it. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> what? What a what a start to the arc. Oh yeah, my god. Fuck. Chester just... caught me off guard. Right. The thing is, Chester's been waiting to find a place to come in for like three chapters now. Really? Oh, <laughs> really? No. And it was literally the moment there was like maybe five to ten minutes that someone was on their own in the lounge, they would bump into him, and it really hasn't happened. <laughs> I'm so glad. Uh, I um, 
I was deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> there was specifically a scene. There was a specifically a scene, maybe like three quests ago, where you guys were returning, and there was a crash there, yeah, outside of the bar. And you said that I was like, uh, nothing ever happened with that. I guess that was yeah. just ambient stuff. Okay, I love it. That's a good uh, setup, though. Wow, the voice still got me. Yeah, it was definitely like I was getting like that Family Guy, like Mister. All like, I asked was, "What is the worst voice you'd want to hear someone say?" Please sit on me. Uh, uh, gotta do your business. Uh, yeah, that like was a, weird. The that thing was, was weird. Yeah, everything that's, else that's cool. A thing. That was weird. I like that kind of like Virginia, Carolina, like yeah. almost Appalachian sound. Right. It's good. Yeah. Everyone's got to do it. Don't be shy. Uh. <laughs> I, it felt very odd, Jim, to be like, all right, let's give it a shot. Dude wants to sit. <laughs> wow. Um, I also just like the idea of a mimic that genuinely just wants to be good furniture. Yeah. yeah. I, they can't all be evil. I should hope not. Who um, is, who's doing the readout? Who, I, I don't I, think I did it all last time, so yeah, I'll do this lay, one. Lay down. Please do. I will, I will set a low bar for the rest of you. Lay down <laughs> the law. Oh. <laughs> You'll set a low bar. <laughs> Okay. I'm sure that was the first time in his life Law's heard that joke. Mm. So, my name is Law, and we're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves for realsies. I'm Sam. I play Arvid Ulfmund, a level 8 Drubarb. I am Michael. I play Harathax, a level 8 Warlock. Uh, I am Alante, and I play Chris Grand, the uh, level 8 Sorcerer Bard. And I'm uh, Zach Barkas. I play Artyom Volkov, the nice. cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master for the League of Ultimate Questing, creative director of Slapdash Studios. And welcome to the new chapter. Also, I want to thank Tori Christensen for being such a fantastic editor. Yes. yes. Notorious. Yeah. Very big thank you. Um, <laughs> new episodes of the LUQ go live every single Monday. We haven't missed a single one since we started, despite all of the craziness of this year. I don't I know how. I so cannot believe it. I figured it out, by the way. 2020 was not us rolling a crit. It was the DM rolling a crit against us. Uh, oh, yeah. With advantage. With advantage. Yep. Yeah. And I guess got to say thank you to all of our new listeners. We've had a large influx lately. Um, mm. All of you coming over from the Dark Dice promo, I welcome you. Um, for the rest of you, if you haven't, joined our discord yet please do we're very active on there mm -hmm. there's a lot of fantastic lu cuties talking about theories of the show and it is free for everybody free mm -hmm. for everyone if you join our patreon which you can visit information about on the luq.com as well as links to all of our social media you can get access to some really cool luq official stuff like higher tiers of the discord where you can get bloopers and uh the cutting room floor as it were um, you can join the Minecraft server that we play on. That's pretty cool. Uh, you can get magic items from the podcast. You can get maps that I've made in Photoshop and you can get class builds for the characters that you love to follow. So there's a lot of great rewards for that. Does anyone have any personal messages or anything coming up? I'm just grateful to everybody here at the table and everybody listening, honestly. Mm -hmm. You guys yeah. have been killing it. Yeah, I can't even express how much I appreciate everybody's work, both on and off the mic. You're all just the best. <laughs> I'm still doing the God's Fall podcast. You can yeah. find that if you if you search for it, honestly. You can find that. I've done a couple episodes. We're going to be recording more. And that's about it, I think, for me. Yeah, if you're looking for a really cool fantasy setting podcast with a lot of content, absolutely, God's Fall is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got the Trevor Project charity coming up next week. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you to everyone who donated to that project. Big thank you. My DMing sold for $300, which I think is pretty cool. That's and I'm amazing. super excited to have that go to the Trevor Project. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. The winner actually invited some other fans from the show. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it very much. 
But if there's nothing else from the table, then I just have to say thank you one more time to all of our fans. Please reach out to us. We love to talk to you. We love to hear ideas for commercials and things like that. Uh, if you've got projects of your own and you want to advertise with us, that's always an option. You can contact us at admin at slapdashstudios.com to find out about our rates. Or if you want to say which kind of Pokemon we are. Yeah, if you want to talk about Discord. Pokemon. <laughs> Definitely did that for like two hours yesterday. <laughs> it's great. And I absolutely love the fan art we've been getting. Oh, oh God. More fan yeah. art, please. Definite <laughs> big shout out to the fan artists. Yeah, it's yes. the most selfish demand, but I just, I got to see more. Please, you're so good. <laughs> you're all very talented. Uh, but we look forward to growing and questing with all of you. And until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>